Wow, so I am amazed, I am floored by the outpouring of support for my desperate begathon that I had to run yesterday, and I'm just amazed. I'm, I'm so thankful to everybody. I, I, I did everything that I could uh, and got down to the wire, and you guys pulled my ass out of the fire, and it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. I'm very thankful. Uh, I really appreciate it, and it's, it's really... Uh, heartening and I think I think everybody got a sort of a charge out of it that we're not in this alone we really will help each other and it's it's a very very good sign I I, I, I can't put it into words really I, I want to specifically thank everybody and hopefully I'm not going to screw anybody up or or and I hope you all don't mind me mentioning you either but I, I can't really figure out any other way to do this so I'll just kind of list off everyone who helped and thank you personally um GK Services Teresa uh Rona Lee Avon Nicholas William Paula and Crystal and also my Patreon supporters Yvetta and Bibli and especially both in the Begathon and Patreon who I can just safely call my digital sugar mama at this point, Prisca. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I, this, you, you saved me here. Uh, so hopefully you don't think that's crass and you take it in the spirit that it's intended, which is just playful and, and very, very thankful. So thank you all, uh, so much. And also, um, N.A. Lee, who gave me, he emptied his Bitcoin wallet for me, so now I have some actual Bitcoin. I had some Bitcoin cash before, but I've never actually had any Bitcoin, so now I, I have some, which is key because there are some small transaction fees that I can now do. Um, and also Peepo, who helped me with um, pursuing this idea of doing an NFT of the tweet itself, which is, uh, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere, um, but um, but he personally helped me actually get through the process of, of uh, minting it. So thank you all. I really appreciate it. Um, and I guess I don't really have any specific topics here, so I'll, I'll, I'll just do the rest of this with sort of an overview. And, and again, since it's off the top of my head, part of why I think it's valuable to do it this way is because if it's important, it ought to be on the top of my head, and I ought to be able to explain it. And that's, it's, it's, so it's both useful for streamlining the process of doing a podcast to minimize spending enormous amounts of time preparing what I'm going to say, but also as a test for whether or not I know what the hell I'm talking about. So I guess the main things that I, if I was to, if somebody just sat me sat down and said, okay, tell me what we have to do. What's, what's the issue? What are the important points that you want to convey in 10 minutes? I'll try to do that now. And I, th I obviously, in terms of what we need to do, my conclusion of mass recall is definitely at the top. But it does require a little bit of background information. Um, if you've been paying attention, it doesn't require a lot of background information. But, um, you know, there are some details that help with realizing why it's necessary to do mass recall and that why it is that there's no political solution to any of this or legislative, or legal, or military solution to any of this. The only thing we can do is, is actually remove from the ground up all of the bureaucracies that are currently intertwined and behaving as 
subordinates in the hierarchy of the global totalitarian corporatist, corporativist state. Now, I should explain corporativism um, just to begin with so that people understand what I mean. Um, it's synonymous with fascism or corporatism, uh, totalitarianism in general, um, but of course socialism. Corporativism has its origins in syndicalism and trade unionism and guild socialism, and it's, it's, it's a planned economy. It's the idea that, that human society ought to be run by specialists. And essentially, the reason I'm, I'm explaining it this way as opposed to the New World Order or the global communist state or anything like that is because we've, we've been experiencing this already for a long time, uh, certainly since World War II. And the idea of corporativism is to organize society into corporations which will manage the economic sectors for which they've been granted monopolies. And that includes everybody in them and all their, uh, you know, ideas and their political activity and their social lives and their income and where they live and what they get to do and all. It's totalitarianism. Um, but corporativism in its early stages before it is overt, before, before our government starts calling itself corporativism out loud in front of everybody and, and claiming the ideology as a sound one, and not trying to deny it, we have been a corporativism this whole time. And basically what it means is that all of the major corporations who've been granted virtual monopolies in their various quote-unquote economic sectors um, are really enacting state policies for planned economy. So the government tells a major corporation uh, that they want this particular policy to be enacted, the corporation then goes and does it. And if the public, you know, discovers that what's being done by some major corporation is terrible and they and there's a large enough outcry, the government will, you know, call a special session together of Congress or whatever, or some executive order or whatever, whatever the level this stuff is happening at, this can happen at the state and the county and town levels too. Um, and they will accost and sanction the so-called private entity for doing bad stuff. And then they will reassign whatever the, the policies were that that corporation was enacting to either another corporation or they nationalize it. Um, but the policies never go away. The, the goals are set in stone. And it's just a question of whether or not the state could get away with it overtly or not. And they can't still because there is still this pretense of constitutionality in, in at least the United States. And so people have this idea that the, the government is not allowed to tell us what we can eat and when we wake up and whether we can leave our house and all of that. And so it has had to have been handed off as a decision by private companies to, to do something. And again, if it ever gets to the point where people freak out enough about it, for instance, the Gates Foundation, Bill Gates, and this uh, uh, gene therapy thing. Um, if people really do turn on the experimental gene therapy, which they better soon, um, the way this is going to go is, I, I assume, because this is the way it always goes, is that there'll be a special session called. They might even put Bill Gates and, and you know and, and ask him a bunch of questions and 
and blame it all on him and his cronies and and that'll be the end of it. The government won't have to you know, answer for anything that it's done, even though everything that has been done has been done specifically by the orders of the government. And there are still people who seem to think that, that these are, are decisions being made in corporate boards and by individual owners of companies. And that is, couldn't be further from the truth. It, it is true that the corporations are supportive of these policies, of course, and corporate culture is, is inherently anti-capitalist and anti-liberty and anti-freedom. Um, it's not a capitalist organization. You know, uh, corporations are not a capitalist institution at all. Um, they never have been, whether or not they're truly corporativist or not. So, it, so essentially they'll throw Bill Gates under the bus and at the very least the state won't have to answer for its crimes. And most people will say, oh boy, you know, some people will say, gee, we really got that terrible Bill Gates, didn't we? Now, now we can all relax and 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 everything's going to be okay. There'll be some people who will think that, um, but generally speaking, these policies never go away. As I say, it's it's just going to be either handed off to another company, another corporation, or it's going to be fully nationalized. And, and so, this, there's no escaping any of this. Nothing ever goes away. These policies are permanent. Um, so we, we can't get out of this in any way other than mass recall, which is to gather together 500 to 1,000 families in your town and go and physically remove the town officials peacefully. You just show up there with thousands of people, whole families, so that they can't just mow you down with machine guns. And you take them out peacefully. You, you, you hold them in custody. Um, so we're not just saying go home. We're saying you guys are responsible for the, what has happened here, and you're criminals. And we don't exactly know how we're going to prosecute you, but we're going to do this in as peaceful and and as you know judicial a fashion as we possibly can. I don't know what the circumstances are going to be. I don't know how we're going to run our private courts for this, but but that's what we're going to have to do. Um, so. The reason is because there's no way out of this by some kind of legislative act. You can't just vote in better people. They're all just going to do what, what they're told. And as I've said before, they don't necessarily all understand what they're doing. Um, and while it's true that they're power-hungry and, they, and they're seeking these positions and and exercising the powers that are availed to them by holding these positions because of psychopathy and and self-importance and not you know all of the things that we might predict they're not necessarily aware that they're acting and doing these things based on this global plan um, some of them are I'm sure um, and once you get high enough I'm guessing almost all of the very very highly placed politicians in every single country are aware of what's happening now it's entirely possible some of them are being blackmailed or extorted or forced in one way or another to to adhere to these policies, um, but it doesn't really matter. They're still criminals. They're still doing it, and they're not revolting. They're not, you know, all it, all it would take, and we, we have seen some government officials, you know, appearing to begin to revolt and say the truth, and then they either die or disappear. Or So this is, this is not going to be solved by, by, you know, John F. Kennedy Jr. or whatever, Robert Kennedy um, although he's great. I mean, he's a good example of somebody who's very high up, 
Uh, Mike Eden is an example of somebody who's very high up. And you really can't get any better than Mike Eden because he's the former VP of Pfizer and the former chief scientist. I mean, his his bona fides are unbelievable here. I mean, the, the fact that you have, I think I've said before, the fact that you have these people who basically know nothing except what Oprah Winfrey told them are are scoffing at Mike Eden and saying he doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, this is insanity. So... It is definitely programming, it is definitely brainwashing, it is not just simply politics. And people need to understand that. This isn't really a Democrat versus Republican thing because they're both wrong about lots and lots of things. And the things that they're wrong about that they're supporting contribute to the end goals of the global totalitarian corporativist state. So we have to let go of, of all of these preconceptions of political positions. And we have to start thinking about people versus government. Um, and it sounds like that's a kind of a right-wing thing, but it's it's really not. And, and we have to figure out a way to convince people, prim- primarily on the left, that the government is their enemy. Um, but people on the right are also, you know, they, they just want to have their government. And they think that, that if, the, if their government was in power, that the government would be okay. And it's just simply wrong um, in so many ways. So, again, mass recall is the most important thing. Corporativism is this, it's a, it's a ideology and a government form. And it has nothing to do with um, capitalism at all. And the people who are anti-corporate, anti-corporation on the left at least understand that the corporations are our enemy. And for that, they can be applauded. Um, it's important that they understand, though, that corporations are not capitalist organizations. Not so much to defend capitalism in this specific instance, although I certainly would, and in the past that's been my goal of making this clarification of corporativism versus capitalism. But actually, they need to understand that, that it's it's all government. Think of corporations as virtual departments or agencies of the government, and Things like the revolving door make a lot more sense. The fact that somebody leaves a government position and shows up in some big corporation and reaps the benefits from some policy they were involved in before, or vice versa, comes from some corporation, makes it into the government, and holds a position that they then are able to you know, enact some legislation that appears to benefit the corporation. It's not that there... This is not a, simply a matter of what we economic liberals might have in the past called um, what's what's the term I'm, I'm just drawing a blank on the term here on the top of the top of my head it's important though let me think about this for a second this is not simply um, regulatory capture where you have some interested special interest parties that that you know influence in some way government officials so the policies are in their favor that certainly is is an element of all of this, and it's always a threat whenever you have government have enough power to be able to pick and choose between who gets to have economic freedom and who doesn't. But this is much more than that. It's And if you just think about, you know, the corporations themselves as virtual departments, just call them the Department of Amazon, the Department of whatever, you know what I mean? This is These are not private organizations that are trying to make money. And in fact, most corporations, with a handful of exceptions, are actually operating at a loss. 
and have been for a long time. And that's just not possible in a capitalism. The whole purpose of capitalism is, is to make sure that nobody who isn't providing a service that is worth it can continue to exist. And corporativism's whole purpose is to fight against that concept of meritorious economic opportunity because corporativists want to plan everything and and they feel that they have to plan everything and the thing that's connected to this that makes it even worse than former incarnations of corporativism is this folding in not only of the ideology of corporativism for directing society but the ends to which this direction is being executed and it has to do with this Malthusian anti-humanism and it is utilizing cybernetic social engineering which is an applied science goal-based applied science and when you knit all of this together that there is that there is a an ideology that is against human existence and it is using all of the resources of the entire planet to enact this massive psychological manipulation through the use of cybernetic social engineering over the past however many decades that this has been running, culminating now in this. Um, and the idea is to kill or fully control everybody, and that likely means killing everybody. Um, Maybe not everybody, but but a large portion. We know they've said out loud, as I've said before, Bill Gates has, has is on tape in his TED Talk saying, if we're really lucky, 15% of the population can be reduced. And that's a euphemism for killed. Now, he's not. He didn't mention any time frame, so I guess if, if he was talking about in 200 years, that through some sort of program to keep people from from having sex would result ultimately in lower populations but no this there are years associated with these various programs the agenda 21 uh, and agenda 2030 and that 2030 is the number I'm going with for most of these policies now so the 15% population reduction i am concluding is intended to be enacted and fully realized by 2030 and that means a billion people need to die in the next decade and it happens to coincide with you know, what we can anticipate in terms of deaths from this pathogenic priming that is happening with this experimental gene therapy. Um, so if you haven't listened to Mike Eden, I highly encourage you to listen to his whole thing, either his articles or his videos, and and really take to heart that, that as he points out in one of his videos, that he is losing money, he's losing his career, everybody's against him, He's not benefiting in any way from saying this, and there really couldn't be anybody with more credibility than he on any of these topics. Um, and although last year he he was more in the camp of this is a big mistake, he officially, as of this year, is in my camp and says this cannot be anything but intentional because there just isn't another explanation that is better or or that is even possible than intention. So thank you all again for um for bailing me out and I'm going to um I'll give you an update on what my my next thing to do here is uh and again thank you very much. <laughs>